Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse to the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe for a daily email that contains the text and the reading for the day, sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Laura Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.55. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 4, Faith, Belief, and Vision. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 237, which is, Now Would I Be as God Created Me? And at the top of the hour today, our dear friend Fran will be traveling. So if, one would, if anyone would like to lead our reflection at the top of the hour, I'd certainly appreciate it if you'd give that some thought. And by way of opening this morning, I was directed toward this beautiful poem from John O'Donohue. In light of now what I be as God created me, it goes like this. I place on the altar of dawn the quiet loyalty of breath, the tent of thought where I shelter, waves of desire I am sure to, and all beauty drawn to the eye. May my mind come alive today to the invisible geography that invites me to new frontiers, to break the dead shell of yesterdays, to risk being disturbed and changed. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. Now would I be as God created me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, guys. I really loved finding that poem today. And here's the reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Yvonne, Reverend Rita, Jessica, Lee, Patricia, and Lana. And we're joined in listening this morning by Diana and Robin Marie. Does anyone else join the call that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Uh, Micah and Roz are here. I can read. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Micah and Roz. Okay. So, here we go. Again, in Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 4, Faith, Belief, and Vision. All special relationships have sin as their goal for they are bargains with reality toward which the seeming union is adjusted. Forget not this, 
to bargain is to set a limit. And any brother with whom you have a limited relationship, you hate. You may attempt to keep the bargain in the name of so-called fairness, sometimes demanding payment of yourself, perhaps more often of the other. Thus, in this so-called fairness, you attempt to ease the guilt that comes from the accepted purpose of the relationship. And that is why the Holy Spirit must change its purpose to make it useful to Him and harmless to you. Good Chapter 21, The Inner Picture. Section, section 4, Faith, Believe, and Vision. All special relationships have sin as their goal, for they are bargains with reality toward which the seeming union is adjusted. Forget not this. To bargain is to set a limit and any brother with whom you have a limited relationship, you hate. You may attempt to keep the bargain in the name of, quote, fairness, sometimes demanding payment of yourself, <clears throat> perhaps more often of the other. Thus, in the so-called fairness, you attempt to ease the guilt that comes from the accepted purpose of the relationship. And that is why the Holy Spirit must change its purpose to make it useful to Him and harmless unto you. If you accept this change, you have accepted the idea of making room for truth. The source of sin is gone. You may imagine that you still experience its effects, but it is not your purpose, and you no longer want it. No one allows a purpose to be replaced while he desires it, for nothing is so cherished and protected as is a goal the mind accepts. This it will follow, grimly or happily, but always with faith and with the persistence that faith inevitably brings. The power of faith is never recognized if it is placed in sin, but it is always recognize if it is placed in love. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Yvonne. Thank you, Laurie. I'll just go back to that last sentence in the first paragraph. And that is why the Holy Spirit must change its purpose to make it useful to him and harmless unto you. If you accept this change, you have accepted the idea of making room for truth. The source of sin is gone. You may imagine that you still experience its effects, but it is not your purpose, and no, you no longer want it. No one allows a purpose to be replaced while he desires it, or nothing is so cherished and protected as is a goal the mind accepts. This it will follow, grimly or happily, but always with faith and with the persistence that faith inevitably brings. The power of faith is never recognized if it is placed in sin, but it is always recognized if it is placed in love. 
Why is it strange to you that faith can move mountains? This is indeed a little feat for such a power. For faith can keep the Son of God in chains as long as he believes he is in chains. And when he is released from them, it will be simply because he no longer believes in them, withdrawing faith that they can hold him and placing it in his freedom instead. It is impossible to place equal faith in opposite directions. What faith you give to sin, you take away from holiness. And what you offer holiness has been removed from sin. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Reverend Rita. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just a moment. Okay. 31. Why is it strange to you that faith can move mountains? This is indeed a little feat for such a power. For faith can keep the Son of God in chains as long as he believes he is in chains. And when he is released from them, it will be simply because he no longer believes in them, withdrawing faith that they can hold him, and placing it in his freedom instead. It is impossible to place equal faith in opposite directions. What faith you give to sin, you take away from holiness. And what you offer holiness has been removed from sin. And 32, faith and belief and vision are the means by which the goal of holiness is reached. Through them, the Holy Spirit leads you to the real world and away from all illusions where your faith was laid. This is his salvation his direction, the only one he ever sees. And when you wander, he reminds you there is but one, his faith and his belief and vision are all for you. And when you have accepted them completely instead of yours, you will have need of them no longer. For faith and vision and belief are meaningful only before the state of certainty is reached. In heaven, they are unknown, yet heaven is reached through them. Thank you, Reverend Raja and Jessica. Thanks, Lori. 32. Faith and belief and vision are the means by which the goal of holiness is reached. Through them, the Holy Spirit leads you to the real world and away from all illusions where your faith was laid. This is his direction, the only one he ever sees. And when you wander, he reminds you there is but one. His faith and his belief and vision are all for you. And when you have accepted them completely instead of yours, you will have need of them no longer. For faith and vision and belief are meaningful only before the state of certainty is reached. In heaven they are unknown, yet heaven is reached through them. 
It is impossible that the Son of God lack faith, but he can choose where he would have it be. Faithlessness is not a lack of faith, but faith in nothing. Faith given to illusion does not lack power, for by it does the Son of God believe that he is powerless. Thus is he faithless to himself but strong in faith in his illusions about himself. For faith, perception, and belief you made as means for losing certainty and finding sin. This mad direction was your choice, and by your faith in what you chose, you made what you desired. Thank you, Jessica. And Lee. It is impossible that the Son of God lack faith, but he could choose where he would have it be. Faithlessness is not a lack of faith, but faith in nothing. Faith given to illusions does not lack power, for by it does the Son of God believe that he is powerless. Thus is he faithless to himself, but strong in faith in his illusions about himself. For faith, perception, and belief you made as means for losing certainty and finding sin. This mad direction was your choice. And by your faith in what you chose, you made what you desired. 34. The Holy Spirit has a use for all the means for sin by which you sought to find it. But as he uses them, they lead away from sin because his purpose lies in the opposite direction. He sees the means you use, but not the purpose for which you made them. He would not take them from you, for he sees their value as a means for what he wills for you. You made perception that you might choose among your brothers and seek for sin with them. The Holy Spirit sees perception as a means to teach you that the vision of a holy relationship is all you want to see. Then will you give faith to holiness, desiring and believing in it because of your desire. Thank you, Lee. And Patricia. 34. The Holy Spirit has a use for all the means for sin by which you sought to find it. But as he uses them, they lead away from sin because he purpose his purpose lies in the opposite direction. He sees the means you use, but not the purpose 
for which you made them. He would not take them from you, for he sees their value as a means, a means for what he wills for you. You made perception that you might choose among your brothers and seek for sin with them. The Holy Spirit sees perception as a means to teach you that the vision of a holy relationship is all you want to see. Then will you give your faith to holiness, desiring and believing in it because of your desire. 35. Faith and belief become attached to vision as all the means that once served sin are redirected, redirected now towards holiness. For what you think is sin is limitation. And whom you try to limit to the body, you hate. You hate because you fear. In your refusal to forgive him, you would condemn him to the body because the means for sin are dear to you. And so the body has your faith and your belief. But holiness would set your brother free, removing hatred by removing fear, not as a symptom, but as its source. Thank you, Patricia. And Lana. Excuse me. Okay, 35. Faith and belief become attached to vision as all the means that once served sin are redirected now towards holiness. For what you think is sin is limitation, and whom you try to limit to the body, you hate because you fear. In your refusal to forgive him, you would condemn him to the body because the means for sin are dear to you. And so the body has your faith and your belief. But holiness would set your brother free, removing hatred by removing fear, not as a symptom, but at its source. 36. Those who would free their brothers from the whole from the body can have no fear. They have renounced the means for sin by choosing to let all limitation be removed. 
desiring to look upon their brothers in holiness, the power of belief and faith goes far beyond the body, supporting vision, not obstructing it. But first, they choose to recognize how much their faith had limited their understanding of the world, desiring to place its power elsewhere should another point of view be given them. The miracle which follows this decision, the miracles which follow this decision are also born of faith. For all who choose to look away from sin are given vision and are led to holiness. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, Micah. Okay. Uh, 36. Those who would free their brother from the body can have no fear. They have renounced the means for sin by choosing to let all limitations be removed. Desiring to look upon their brothers in holiness, the power of belief and faith goes far beyond the body, supporting vision, not obstructing it. But first they chose to recognize how much their faith had limited their understanding of the world. Okay, desiring to place its power elsewhere should another point of view be given them. The miracles which follow this decision are also born of faith for all who choose to look away from sin are given vision and are led to holiness. 37. Those who believe in sin must think the Holy Spirit asks for sacrifice, for this is how they think their purpose is accomplished. Brothers, the Holy Spirit knows that sacrifice brings nothing. He makes no bargains. And if you seek to limit him, you will hate him because you are afraid. The gift that he has given you is more than anything that stands this side of heaven. The instant for its recognition is at hand. Join your awareness to what has been already joined. The faith you give each other can accomplish this. For he who loves the world is seeing it for you without one spot of sin upon it. And in the innocence which makes the sight of it as beautiful as heaven. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 37 and 38? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. Thirty-seven, 
those who believe in sin must think the Holy Spirit asks for sacrifice. For this is how they think their purpose is accomplished. Brothers, the Holy Spirit knows that sacrifice brings nothing. He makes no bargain. And if you seek to limit him, you will hate him because you are afraid. The gift that he has given you is more than anything that stands this side of heaven. The instant for its recognition is at hand. Join your awareness to what has been already joined. The faith you give each other can accomplish this. For he who loves the world is seeing it for you without one spot of sin upon it and in the innocence which makes the sight of it as beautiful as heaven. Your faith and sacrifice has given it great power in your sight, except you do not realize you cannot see because of it. For sacrifice must be exacted of a body and by another body. The mind could neither ask for it nor receive it of itself, and no more could the body. The intention is in the mind, which tries to use the body to carry out the means for sin in which the mind believes. Thus is the joining of mind and body in the and thus is the joining of mind and body an inescapable belief of those who value sin. And so is sacrifice invariably a means for limitation and thus for hate. Thank you, LeMoyne. And Devon. Okay, Laurie, thank you. Your faith in sacrifice has given it great power in your sight, except you do not realize you can't see because of it. For sacrifice must be exacted of a body and by another body. The mind could neither ask it nor receive it of itself, and no more could the body. The intention is in the mind which tries to use the body to carry out the means for sin in which the mind believes. This is the joining of mind and body. Thus, excuse me, thus is the joining of mind and body an inescapable belief of those who value sin. And so is sacrifice invariably a means for limitation and thus for hate. Thank you the Holy Spirit is concerned with this. He gives not what it is his purpose to lead you from. You think he would deprive you for your good, but good and deprivation are opposites and cannot meaningfully join in any way. It is like saying that the moon and the sun are one because they come with night and day, and so they must be joined. Yet, Sight of one is but the sign that the other has disappeared from sight. Nor is it possible that what gives light be one with what depends on darkness to be seen. Neither demands the sacrifice of the other. 
yet on the absence of the other does each depend. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Reverend Richa? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Just a moment. <clears throat> Uh, he's on the, hold on, let me get away from them. <clears throat> Just a second. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Sound good? I think so. Yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Okay. <clears throat> 39. Thank you, the Holy Spirit is concerned with this. And what he's saying before that is, and so is sacrifice invariably a means for limitation and thus for hate. Thank you, the Holy Spirit is concerned with this. He gives not what it is his purpose to lead you from. You think he would deprive you for your good. But quote-unquote good and uh, uh, so-called deprivation are opposites and cannot meaningfully join in any way. It is like saying that the moon and sun are one because they come with night and day and so they must be joined. Yet, sight of one is but the sign the other has disappeared from sight. Nor is it possible that what gives light be one with what depends on darkness to be seen. Neither demands the sacrifice of the other. Yet on the absence of the other does each depend. And 40, the body was made to be a sacrifice to sin, and in the darkness so it still is seen. Yet in the light of vision, it is looked upon quite differently. You can have faith in it to serve the Holy Spirit's goal and give it power to serve as means to help the blind to see. But in their seeing, they look past it as you do. The faith and the belief you gave it belongs beyond. You gave perception and belief and faith from mind to body. Let them now be given back to what produced them and can use them still to save itself from what it made. Thank you, Reverend Rita and Jessica. Thanks, Lori. <clears throat> 40. The body was made to be a sacrifice to sin, and in the darkness, though it still is seen. Yet in the light of vision, it is looked upon quite differently. You can have faith in it to serve the Holy Spirit's goal and give it power to serve as means to help the blind to see. But in their seeing, they look past it, as do you. The faith and the belief you gave it belongs beyond. You gave perception and belief and faith from mind to body. Let them now be given back to what produced them and can use them still to save itself from what it made. Thank you, Jessica. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. In Section 4, Faith, Belief, and Vision, 
just to recap from that first paragraph, forget not this. To bargain is to set a limit. And any brother with whom you have a limited relationship, you hate. That is why the Holy Spirit must change its purpose, purpose of this relationship, to make it useful to him and harmless to you. In 30, if you accept this change, you have accepted the idea of making room for truth. The power of faith is never recognized if it is placed in sin, but it is always recognized if it is placed in love. And from 31, what faith you give to sin, you take away from holiness, and what you offer holiness has been removed from sin. In 32, faith, belief, and vision are the means by which the goal of holiness is reached. Through them, the Holy Spirit leads you to the real world and away from all illusions where your faith was laid. This is his direction, the only one he ever sees. And when you wander, he reminds you there is but one. His faith and his belief and vision are all for you. In 33, faithlessness is not a lack of faith, but faith in nothing. Faith given to illusions does not lack power, for by it does the Son of God believe that he is powerless. Thus is he faithless to himself, but strong in faith in his illusions about himself. For faith and perception and belief you made as means of losing certainty and finding sin. This mad direction was your choice, and by your faith in what you chose, you made what you desired. In 34, the Holy Spirit's purpose lies in the opposite direction. The Holy Spirit sees perception as a means to teach you that vision of a holy relationship is all you want to see. Then will you give your faith to holiness, desiring and believing in it because of your desire. In 35, faith and belief become attached to vision as all the means that once served sin are redirected now toward holiness. In 36, those who would free their brothers from the body can have no fear. They have renounced the means for sin by choosing to let all limitation be removed, desiring to look upon their brothers in holiness. The power of belief and faith goes far beyond the body, supporting vision, not obstructing it. But first they chose to recognize how much their faith had limited their understanding of the world, desiring to place its power elsewhere, should another point of view be given them. The miracles which follow this decision are also born of faith. For all who choose to look away from sin are given vision and are led to holiness. In 37, the gift the Holy Spirit has given you is more than anything that stands this side of heaven. The instant for its recognition is at hand. Join your awareness to what has already joined. The faith you give each other can accomplish this, for he who loves the world 
is saying it for you without one spot of sin upon it and in the innocence which makes the sight of it as beautiful as heaven. And finally in 40, the body was made to be a sacrifice to sin and in the darkness so it still is seen. Yet in the light of vision, it is looked upon quite differently. You can have faith in it to serve the Holy Spirit's goal and give it power to serve as means to help the blind to see. But in their seeing, they look past it as to you. The faith and belief you gave it belongs beyond. You gave perception and belief and faith from mind's body. Let them now be given back to what produced them and can use them still to save itself from what it made. Amen. The floor is open. And um, please give some consideration to uh, perhaps um, wanting to lead our reflection at the top of the hour. Everyone, and thank you. Oh, Reverend Rachel can do the lesson. Thank you. She just shot me a message about that. So, yeah. Okay, the floor is open. This is Reverend Rachel. I think I'll, maybe I'll jump in and share before doing the lesson and um, hope that it works. <laughs> um, you know, this reading, it, it, I, what I, what jumped out at me was his emphasis on going to source and not symptoms. And this is what has bugged me about <laughs> doctors and <sighs> the medical system everywhere is that and, and it has bugged me since I was a little girl. Um, it seems I always wanted to get to the the, the, the source. <laughs> I've oh since I was born wanted to get to the source. Just don't give me the you know that doesn't relate to the source. And definitely symptoms are symptoms. They're symptoms of something. So you don't put up you know patch it up with whatever because. It's just going to pop up, like he says. It's going to pop up somewhere else too, if you don't, if you don't treat the source. And so, for me, in this section, the source was believing in the body as our who who we are, giving it giving it um, credence, and and along with that was sin. It's just so tied closely to the body. But really, he wants us to go back. <laughs> the beautiful part is that he wants us to use the body to go back, right? He wants, it, he wants us to not denigrate the body, not hate the body, not fear it, but use it. He tells us Holy Spirit, our right mind, can use anything and everything to return to truth, to that which never changes, and which we know inside. I know the truth. I just need to remove the blocks, and it's there. It's always there. We talk about 
when we meditate, my sister and I and, and Lori, we all came to the same conclusion that when we meditate, that place that we go is always there. It's, it's we that sort of go and romp in other places. But when we get quiet and open up to that inner knowing, that inner wisdom, the peace and the love and the light, all the gifts of God, it's all right there. And it hasn't gone anywhere. Isn't that beautiful? I think probably several of you are nodding your heads because you've experienced that as well. So thank you. This this is wonderful. He, I love where he talks about, and I had the chance to read about the sun and the moon. You know, it just makes sense. You know, you just you can't. And what did he say? You can't have two opposing beliefs and give credence to both of them. And I think that's what I do. I I believe I give credence to the body in this world in a in a way that negates what is really going on and I think that's okay. Um I don't think so. I I'm more and more I am shifting and opening up to the vision beyond that. Beyond what I have believed in. So um, I think that's what I wanted to to share. It's so beautiful. And also in this uh, in this reading, I get the sense that he's bringing us back to uh, responsibility, because we are the ones who make the choice to go and see the source, and not what's hiding the source, not the symptoms. We are the ones that go back and transform the body as a means of seeing our brother truly, seeing ourselves truly. So we, we make that decision. No one else. <laughs> it's, it's all up to me. <laughs> That's why this course is so magnificent. It is truly, truly leading us home. You, I can feel the truth of it in every fiber of my being. And so um, it's 9 o'clock. Let us now, as we uh, are wont to do at the top mm-hmm. of the hour, actually, not 9 o'clock, but at the top of the hour. <clears throat> Did someone say something? Huh? Yeah, that was an exceptional well, show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah. no! Oh God, no! <laughs> Thank you for your share. Yeah. Thank oh, you. that's so. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, I didn't leave a space for us. Thank you. Thank you, sweet. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, let's let's uh, let's take a moment uh, to to visit the lesson. It's the top of the hour, um, wherever you are, it's the top of the hour. And uh, let's just, um, I think we're ready, right? Yes. We'll close our eyes. We'll close our eyes for a few moments while we do this lesson. And I'll, I'll, I'll time us and I'll bring us out. But we just want to go within. This is what we do in our Thursday night uh, Zoom. We always uh, begin with a meditation. Every group I've ever been in, we started with a, with a centering because we want to let go of the ego. And that's why we started doing um, 
uh, this uh, in the calls. So what we want to do is perhaps if you are not driving or you're in a safe place to do so, just close your eyes, I hope, and bring all that awareness within because we're going to let go of our surface thoughts, all those thoughts that we think over and over and again that tell us that we're separate, that we were born, we're going to die, that we're alone, that we're, we've made mis- you know, we're, that we've sinned, <laughs> that we're guilty, all those thoughts. Let all of those go now as we come to open to the loving thoughts of God. And so today, we're still in what is salvation? And I just, I won't read the whole thing, but just get an idea. He wants us to read this every day before we do the lesson. So, and he tells us what is salvation. And, you know, salvation is undoing in the sense that it does nothing, failing to support the world of dreams and malice. Thus, it lets illusions go. By not supporting them, it merely lets them quietly go down to dust. And what they hid is now revealed an altar to the holy name of God, whereon his word is written with the gifts of your forgiveness laid before it and the memory of God not far behind. Let us come daily to this holy place and spend a while together. Here we share our final dream. It is a dream in which there is no sorrow for it holds a hint of all the glory given us by God. From here we give salvation to the world, for it is here salvation was received. The song of our rejoicing is the call to all the world that freedom is returned. The time is almost over, and God's Son has but an instant more to wait until his Father is remembered. Dreams are done. Eternity has shined away the world. Only heaven now exists at all. So, our lesson, lesson 237. Now would I be as God created me? Today, I will accept the truth about myself. I will rise in glory and allow the light in me to shine upon the world throughout the day. I bring the world the tidings of salvation that I hear as God my Father speaks to me and I behold the world that Christ would have me see aware it ends the bitter dream of death aware it is my Father's call to me and this we pray Christ is my eyes today and his the ears which listen to the voice of God today Father I come to you through him who is your son and my true self as well. Amen. We'll take one minute and I'll bring us out. Now would I be as God created me. I'll go there now.
a lesson today. Now would I be as God created me. And so it is. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Regia. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you, Reverend Regia. That was lovely. Thank you, Reverend Regia. Lovely to hear you do the lessons again. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Regia. Thanks, everybody. Be nice, Regia. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Regia. That was really nice. Well, good morning. It's Lana. Um, uh, another, for me, a fundamental teaching in this section. It's um, uh, I've experienced, you know, the uh, faith and belief to be like the engine of perception, either right-minded or wrong-minded. And, and um, I've observed that um, it's not that I lack faith. I just misdirect it. <laughs> and I can, um, and so I ask myself, where have I placed my faith? Do I believe that this back pain is more real than the, the reality that it's um, a misperception of my mind. And that's a, a challenging task because it sure feels real, you know, but in, is my faith in healing or is my faith in suffering? Do I, which one do I, do I hold as true? Um, so if I place my faith in the problem or perceived problem, the solution, I'm sorry, a truck is outside going by, the solution seems like an impossible notion. But if my faith and belief are firmly planted in the solution, then the idea that a problem could exist um, is an impossible notion or idea. Uh, so when I'm in one, um, the other becomes um, not possible to me. And so I follow where my faith is. And, and, I, and through my conditioning of life, uh, putting my faith and aligning it with the ego thought system um, seems to be an automatic pro process. And, that's, and I guess that's why Jesus says, says in here that, um, oh, how does he put it? Um, well, he, he's saying that we, we don't, um, in other words, we don't remember um, our faith in our um, illusions, but we do remember our faith and trust in truth. And, um, you know, when, some, when our faith shows up, when we place it in an illusion, it's just, oh, well, that's just how the world is. That's just how life is. But when our faith is demonstrated by placing it in truth, we're amazed. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. So we notice our faith when it's placed in the right, um, pointed in the right direction. And, and the power 
of that faith and belief, depending on where I placed it. The power still is still there, even if I'm it's still there, even if I misdirected it. Um, and I remember um, in so many Bible verses, Jesus will tell the people that who are healed that your faith has saved you, or your faith has healed you. And it's just, and, it, and that's, he was saying just what he's saying here. You believed in my power to heal you. That belief in my power to heal you was stronger than your belief in uh, the body's ability to heal itself. You know, your power in truth and the power in truth was given you because that's where I, you have placed your faith. And um, it just is so true. Uh, it isn't that Jesus says you be healed. It's that the, the person, the recipient of the healing, believed in truth in that moment. And and uh, I and I like too when it reminds me that faith and belief are just required during that interval of time between when I ask to be healed and when healing is accomplished. Because at the moment I'm asking, I have no faith. But I choose to place my faith in the solution rather than the problem. And of course, when that solution is realized, my faith is replaced with a certainty. So I just really have to be vigilant in my faith during that interval of time as I um, utilize my infinite patience for the solution or the result or the effect of the healing to play out in time, to show up in time. And um, if I can focus it just, you know, if I can just place my face in, and it's a conscious choice. You know, the, my conscious choice for faith and truth isn't automatic like my choice for faith in illusions. That's sort of, like I said, a conditioning uh, over the years of doing it. I have to pause and consciously make that choice. I'm going to choose faith and truth now instead of automatically giving it over to to um, illusions or my misinterpretations. So it's it all, this whole section just addresses that whole mechanics of how faith and belief work in conjunction with our perceptions because, you know, Jesus tells us that we will perceive what we believe and we will believe what, we'll, what we perceive. We will see what we want. We will see what we believe because we want it. And even though that's a crazy notion to entertain that I would want something that causes me pain, that's exactly <laughs> what happens because most of the time I'm un unconscious when that decision is made for pain. Um, so anyhow, didn't mean to go on so long. Um, I'm complete. Uh, thanks to you so much for listening. Thank you, Lana. Wonderful. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. This is Robin Marie. Hi. I just love in 30, the power of faith is always recognized if it is placed in love. 
so wonderful. And when Jesus says, your faith has made you whole, it's whole, whole. It's shalom, whole in every part, healed in every part. And that is just (laughs) beyond words. Thank you. Thank you, Robert Marie. Oh, I really like that too. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you all for being here. It's Judy. I um, have really been captured um, by the, in paragraph 36, um, in the middle of the paragraph where it says, well, it speaks so beautifully, to look, to look through the eyes of the vision and not see the body, to let all limitations be removed. They, look, they desire and look upon their brothers in holiness. And, you know, I, I go to a morning meeting early, 7 to 8 in the morning, and I watch myself and how I see people and how judgment arises in me. And, um, and I, I use it in my practice. And this line that says, but first I choose to recognize how much their, my faith had limited my understanding of the world desiring to place its power elsewhere should another point of view be given them. That whole idea of sacrificing my oneness by limiting my perception to my body's eyes and not being mindful that I need to choose to see through the eyes of Christ, that I need to join in that purpose. And this is an old habit, you know. The grooves run deep. And the only way that I can be aware that I am being as God created me is in that triunicity, knowing I am the Christ, looking through the eyes of Christ, and seeing everything as the face of Christ, seeing the face of Christ in all my brothers and my sisters, without judging them by seeing them through the body. And this is a this is a pretty heady kind of a, a a practice for me. I don't I don't know that I've I've developed that kind of discipline, but I'm sure giving it my best. And um, the idea that um, I have faith in sacrifice. And when I see the word sacrifice, it always reels me back to ground zero. Thank you, Reverend Regent, for leading the practice today. That word sacrifice. Um, you know, that the presence of my oneness of mind is always with me. And I am the one that needs to be aware of the totality of my reality. And I'm the one that slices and dices it up. And I'm the one that loses or separates myself from that. I sacrifice my oneness. So there is no sacrificing of it in truth, but it's the awareness of the totality of my reality that I, by judging anything or anybody, is my sacrifice of my oneness. So this is particular.
particularly powerful reading for me today. And the Holy Spirit, you know, the idea of de- depriving myself, that no one can deprive me of anything because God has given me any, everything, and that is the truth and reality, that everything is mine. It's me being the kingdom of God, being in oneness, in that triunicity, the Holy Spirit, the Christ, and God, and how that's all in the unicity of his oneness, that... Um, But this idea of restoring, we gave perception and belief and faith from my mind to my body. And then I trusted my body's perception, sensorial perceptions of the world, as my reality of, it's a mistaken self-appraisal, the Course teaches me, that I am limiting my perception of the totality of reality through just limiting it to my body sensorial perceptions. So this last paragraph is very important. Let them now be given back to what produced them. My mind produced them. My mind produced my body. And then it gave the power of perception and belief and faith to my body and take it back to save myself, my own mind, from what my mind made. And <laughs> thank you, Reverend Regia. You made that point clear. <laughs> I'm doing this to myself. Thank you all for being here. Lori and Lee, it's, it's wonderful that you do this for us. I love you. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> it's our side of the street. <laughs> thank you, Judy. Thank you. Good morning. This is Patricia. The section I love so much, and I don't know why here lately. They're all reminding me of this um, here when they bring up a special relationship and the new kind, where where we know silence is where we go, and that there are any ways of a of a temptation to judge another person. We go to silence, and those kinds of friendships are growing in number. I can't believe it. People who may be not even in this course, it's almost like some weather in the air. I think this is starting to get contagious, you guys, because of, I call it um, that non-special relationship, the one where is so deeply bonded friendships now are non-karmic relationships because we don't celebrate that we agree with the story Reverend Reeves told, for example. It's not her story or our story. It's her story. And the relationship is to watch the joy and passion in her with how deeply she believes in what she's sharing. But there's no more uh, attraction to being bonded because we agree with a story. That's that a lot of these free relationships, it's so beautiful. 
uh, they don't have to even do some of the curriculum. It's just sort of an automatic common sense. When they know the source starts in silence within the being, the love for the, the, the lover, the friend, the best one there, the special, the specialness is that you know no matter what that other person's voting for or believes in, and even if they want to blame somebody for something, you know, they're working it out. And so you want their freedom, and you know God's designed it for them, and it's no longer a story about self. Self knows self, but I can listen to you all with no need to agree with a single word you say. I'm loving the joy you share in your story because the Course has us put the body down. The story matters not. It's only the love. The body matters not, but love it like no other thing God has given you to share the way to love each other and no need to judge ever. There is perfection in the one we don't understand. And I'll tell you the deepest, closest relationships I'm getting now is when, for example, when Reed brought up something a doctor might have done with her, said, you know, we'll get together and go, okay, what serves that doctor in that? And what serves, what does the community ask of that doctor that does that? And we just love looking at the perfection in what is different rather than having everybody be the same anymore. So that's that free, free relationship that I just had to go on with because it's so alive out there. And I think this book is just doing it to everybody, whether they've got it in their house or not. Thank you. Ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank Patricia. You. Oh, thank you so much. Hmm. Hi, this is Robin Marie. I just wrote uh, something down before I go to work here. It sounds exactly like the course, I think. (laughs) I am not a body. I am the spirit that brings light to the world. My capital self moves effortlessly through my body to others. Thank you so much for everyone's share. Have a good day. 
Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Thank you, Thanks, Robin Marie. Marie. The simple truth. Thank you. Morning, everyone. It's Lee. I have kind of a brief thing this morning. Um, I'd love to be able to speak about faith, belief, and vision. But you know what stands out for me is how opposed they are to what the Course describes as my preference for sin and my uh, choice of, of being uh, guided by the, um, by the belief in sin. So I just wanted to talk a minute about sin. It appears tw- 20 times in this particular section, the word sin. And... Um, my understanding of it today is so different than when I began. I do enjoy sharing what I make of that word that turns it to great purpose instead of um, confounding me every time I saw it. In the simplest of terms, his reference to sin has great value because it's his one-word description of my choice to deny and justify my denial of love, unity, innocence, perfection, truth, and holiness. Those are the abiding truth of every moment of this or any life I'll ever be granted. And sin is the one word that describes all the ways I imagine those concepts, love, unity, innocence, perfection, truth, and holiness, cannot be so of what I see. Sin is the word that describes how I doubt, deny, resist, and justify my resistance and denial of those concepts as the truth of every moment. It's my choice for sin over my choice for love and truth. It's a really powerful single word. And if I embrace what he wants to tell me about my choice of sin or my attraction to sin, then um, I put myself in a position to really be instructed about how great the difference when faith, belief, and vision are applied to um, the ascendancy of the truth in my awareness instead of the ego's um, dedicated resistance to the truth. I'm complete. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Man, that was nice. Thank you, Lee. Elegant. Elegant. Thank you, Lee. You know, every time, this is Lana, every time I remember that anything I 
made for the purposes of sin. Holy Spirit can just transmute that, turn it around and use it for the purpose of healing and um, give it a divine purpose. And when I join with that, you know, I don't have to worry about my mistakes. <laughs> you know, they're being undone for me. I just have to get on board with the with the program, so to speak. <laughs> I'm complete. Mm, that is so reassuring. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lana. So the line in the second paragraph, that last line, it says, the power of faith is never recognized if it's placed in sin. I think that's a that's a pretty good sign that I'm asleep. <laughs> but it is always recognized if it's placed in love, which means I'm awake. Thank you. Thank you, thanks, Judy. Judy. Yes, thanks, Judy. We proclaim, oh, it's a miracle. Oh, we recognize it. But if if we're in if we're asleep <laughs> we just say, Oh, that's just life. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's great. When I'm awake, I can make conscious choices. Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. Well, um, where did it say about miracles? Um, I'm skipping all around. My book is so underlined and circled, and I can't (laughs) even read it. Oh, um, that the miracles, miracles are um, corrections, and what matters is their source. And I think that daily lesson today is really bringing us home, home to heaven, home to who we are, our identity and the one-mindedness of Christ as the Son of God. And, you know, where in that is, is our magnitude, is our joy, is our freedom, and it's a big thing. It's really huge, and it's, it's it's just impregnated with that spiritual freedom, that incredible lightness of being that transcends being in the body and makes me forget that I'm a body. And um, I'll stop there. I'll be still. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> Thank you, Judy. Well, hi, everybody. This is Lori. And um, <clears throat> my my little dog started barking about four hours ago this morning. And, and she didn't want anything in particular except to get out of the bedroom, so... I was really happy that she woke me up this morning uh, so I could take a deep dive into this section. And what I realized is um, this is this is how the Holy Spirit allows his purpose to be transformative of my experience of life. <laughs> When I accept the Holy Spirit's purpose, I am given all the means for its achievement. Remember that? 
way back at the beginning of chapter 19, when I accept the universal purpose, uh, there's only two, two choices, he says, sin or holiness. And when I accept the universal purpose, the means are given me. And what we read yesterday says, if you find the means difficult, uh, it isn't because the means are difficult. It's because um, you still have some reservations about the purpose of holiness. So let's accept that the Holy Spirit isn't inconsistent. You are. Remember that? Something like that. And, and so, um, what? I want to tell a story, and I've, pro- I've told this story before, but it's it's so illustrative um, of of what I would say how this works when I accept the universal purpose, the means of vision. faith and belief are, are given me by the Holy Spirit. I don't need to do that myself. It's given me. Um, some time ago, the water heater broke down. And um, because we have an insurance policy, uh, the insurance policy directed us to whom we needed to go for help. And so the people that they sent to help were um, by the body size uh, really limited people. <laughs> um, in fact, in fact, uh, the guy, one of the guys, said, um, "Well, I don't even know how this plumbing works." And so, um, my faith in uh, the ability of this problem to be resolved were, um, were pretty shaken up. But I made a decision. I made a conscious choice to trust this brother who is one with me. And Lana, I really loved how you said this is a conscious choice. Um, He says the same thing in paragraph 36. When I make a decision to choose to look away from, well, the means of sin or, or the belief in limitation, that's for me what works in this whole section, sin, the belief in limitation, a belief in illusion, when I make a conscious choice to look away from that, miracles are consequent. There's no great wonder. Um, it was the truth always waiting to arrive in my awareness. Uh, and it turned out that um, in spite of what looked like severe limitations that my transactional mind um, would have looked at before, turned out to be the means for grace because not only was the water heater installed but the relationship between these two guys turned into something else and my relationship with both of them turned out to be nothing but blessing Um, what the body's eyes see here it is if I think I'm a body I'm going to see bodies and I will be limited in my understanding of what's going on to a transaction, an exchange of some kind between bodies of something that is of value. The Holy Spirit wants to give me so much more 
the Holy Spirit wants to give me not just something of value, but all value. All value. And all value is holiness. Not just my holiness, but there's no such thing, see? There's no such thing as my holiness. Holiness must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. When I recognize the holiness of brother, what am I recognizing but my own? And when I recognize my own, what am I recognizing but my brother's? This is vision. It's not something... um, it's, it's not something exceptional. It's something that's natural. When I accept the truth of the relationship of the Father to the Son, when I accept the relationship, it's exactly like he says in today's lesson, Christ is my eyes today, are my eyes today, his the ears which listen to the voice of God today. Father, I come to you through him who is your son and my true self as well. My true self includes all of creation. That's what my father wants me to recognize and love and understand and appreciate. And when I do, I am given everything. And what is everything but my capital S self? I'm thinking of a quote where he says, you cannot find yourself alone. And when you think about that, it makes perfect sense because self alone is a figment of imagination. There is no such thing as self alone. And that is the truth. And when I accept that truth, that purpose of holiness, the means of grace are given me. I don't need to come up with anything except um, except acceptance, except acceptance. Um, desiring to look on my brother in holiness, the power of faith is restored to me. I love how you said it, Lana. It, it was pretty near a direct quote. You see what you believe is there. And you believe it's there because you want it there. And when I want the truth, when I value the truth more than I value a transactional relationship with anything, the truth will be given to me. When I experienced the plumber and his son coming from my water heater as just a couple of people um, to have a transaction, transaction with me, um, that, was, that was so incomplete. But when I recognized this is another opportunity for me to see the grace of God in everything, um, that's exactly what I was shown. It was a conscious choice, and the means are given. It's just so um, simple. After I make that choice, make that decision, make that total commitment. I remember after um, after Holy Spirit said, you must find your people. And I, I found this group. It wasn't 
probably more than a week or so when I heard my mind say, wow, this is a total commitment. This, this living my faith is a total commitment. It's a full-time job. And it is. It is. He says in, in chapter 6, he says, vigilance isn't necessary for the kingdom. But vigilance is necessary against the kingdom. My vigilance is necessary for illusion. This is how, this is how my desire for truth is translated into the direct experience of truth, where everything becomes a blessing. Whether I give it or it's given me, it's still all just the greatest experience I can have this side of heaven. It's what makes this side of heaven heaven. It's how I how I translate what I'm learning into a direct experience of truth. And I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was really <laughs> nice walk. So fine, Laurie. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie, for those words. They really were hardly felt. I found another another quote this morning that I thought was really helpful. I forgot to write down where it's from, but you'll recognize it. He said, projection is a fundamental law of mind. Projection is a fundamental law of mind. Projection makes perception. You see what you believe is there. You believe it's there because you want it there. But because it's a fundamental law of mind, he says, projection is how we live. He teaches me to, to project truth. And when I recognize I can use projection to get rid of something I want, or I can use projection to keep the truth in my mind, I discover, that's how I discover our shared identity. Identity is shared, remember? Identity is shared. That's capital S self. To the Holy Spirit, projection is the law of sharing. You give what you value in order to keep it in your mind. When I allow Holy Spirit to extend the truth, when I allow, like he says in today's lesson, I rise in glory and allow the light in me to shine upon the world throughout the day. All I'm doing is accepting the truth of me. That's all I'm doing. And the truth of me is the truth of you. And that's how Holy Spirit 
can project truth. So that my brother and I can both recognize that we belong to each other. Simply, we just belong to each other. This business of, of seeing outside myself as just bodies is turned into lovely content. The content of ideas, um, the content of love and joy and sharing and um, experiencing truth together in a oneness where I can see my brother and my brother can see me because of the light we share. That's how Holy Spirit turns my sense of limitation um, for me when I accept the purpose, His purpose of holiness. I'm complete. Pretty wonderful. Words. Oh, beautiful, Lori. Sings to me. Oh, this is Micah. The uh I know I'm in a kind of curious place this morning where on the dance floor of awakening there's many different steps and I'm in this step that's uh on a from a, in a spiritual perspective it's a um it's powerful but it's a little painful too. It's it's I'm I'm I feel like I'm drowning in in form. You know, I'm I, like I'm just saturated, permeated with, with just seeing the soul is aching. It just wants to go go home. You know, it's it, just a glimpse of it. I mean, it's not like it wants to leave time space completely, but it's just tired of being so saturated. You know, you know that quote, there's nothing as, as blinding as the perception of form and, and I feel it right now. It's like, God, let me, just give me a glimpse of truth, uh, of my my true identity as space, the spacious self. You know? <laughs> it's uh, And yet, I also know that on the dance floor of awakening, there's these more enjoyable dance steps where you, one's more feels the presence of love and one is well integrated into time space, into the communication medium, and, and there's harmony flowing. Uh, you know, that's, I, I love that one. Uh, that's a beautiful dance step. And, uh, but um, it was just building up and up and... Um, and just this frustration of wanting to get, you know, get the genie out of the bottle, you know. She's just so compressed in there. And um, so anyway, that, that that was going on. <laughs> and uh, and I, I came across this quote here. It says, uh, the one I read the other day, that says, To seek the face of God, even in the form of Christ, is to seek for what is forever without form 
To truly see is to begin to see the formless. To begin to see the formless is to begin to understand what you are. And I think that in the reading, it, it even built up that, that sense of pressure of being a genie in a bottle that was getting more and more, uh, you know, kind of realizing itself more and more. But in that realization, it, it, it became aware that it was in a bottle and uh, just seeing illusion all around it, you know, it, it is as high and holy as it can become, like, like, um, like he highlights here so beautifully, the faith you give each other can accomplish this. For he who loves the world is seeing it for you without one spot of sin upon it and in the innocence which makes the sight of it as beautiful as heaven. Uh, the bottle that holds the genie can be so beautiful, you know. It's... um. It's astounding uh, here it can be, but but I, the sense of pressure that was building up started in um, got a little more intense in 34, where it says, the Holy Spirit sees perception as a means to teach you that the vision of a holy relationship is all you want to see. Then will you give your faith to holiness, desiring and believing in it, because of your desire and I for me I know that when I feel the deepest essence of, of my holy relationship it's a, an awareness of going beyond body and, and into this shared consciousness that's not body identified at all and the bodies are, are you know they're beautiful harmonious extensions into time space but um so that that kind of highlighted that that rem, that memory of of you know a, a place that's not body identified, and then he kind of increased it a little bit in the paragraph thirty six, desiring to look upon their brothers in hope. The power of belief and faith goes far beyond the body, supporting vision, not obstructing it. And I, I could feel that, you know, I was looking at Roz as a body sitting in a chair and, and myself sitting on a couch and, and I, the genie was stuck in the bottle and I, and I knew that so much more was going on and I couldn't get to it. And um, and yet, it, it's uh, there, usually there's these wonderful moments on the dance floor of awakening where it's, it's all it is is the affirmation. Well, unity is here. The mind is here. We are one mind. The Holy Spirit's vision is 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 here right now. And um, and that's usually the 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 culmination of that period of that angst of it's almost like drawing back a bow. You know, like there's this pressure and tension building up as the bow is getting pulled back. And finally, there comes this moment where it's just something lets go, and it realizes everything is complete, everything is full. Um, but I wanted to read uh, this quote here. It says, because uh, I just, uh, I love the Holy Spirit's vision. You know, it, it, it's becoming a real portal into unity. 
It says, yet faith unites you in the holiness you see, not through the body, but in the sight of him who joined you and in whom you are united. Grace is not given to a body, but to a mind, and the mind that receives it looks instantly beyond the body and sees the holy place where it healed. There is the altar where the grace was given in which it stands. Do you then offer grace and blessing to your brother? For you stand at the same altar where grace was laid for both of you. And be you healed by grace together that you may heal through faith. And that faith to me is that, that shared consciousness that, that where the mind is, is awake. And, uh, and let's see, there was just one more. Oh, let me just, uh, probably out of time here. I better go. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Running out of time. Thank you, Micah. Oh, that was thank terrific, you. Micah. Yeah, it sure was. Beautiful walk through that. Yes. I very much appreciated that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you, everyone, who shared this morning. Um, we get there together, don't we? I'm thinking to close the call this morning from from Chapter 8, or no, 7. Seven, the consistency of the kingdom and total commitment. Where he gives us this, you are the will of God. Do not accept anything else as your will or you are denying what you are. Deny this and you will attack, believing you have been attacked. But see the love of God in you and you will see it everywhere because it is everywhere. See his abundance in everyone and you will know that you are one with in him with them. They are part of you as you are part of God. You are as lonely without understanding this as God himself is lonely when his sons do not know him. The peace of God is understanding this. There is only one way out of the world's thinking just as there was only one way into it. Understand totally. By understanding totality. Amen. Thank you all for joining and sharing and reading together. I sure am grateful. Thank you, Lori. Great call. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.